Ready to go. Alrighty, ladies and gents, welcome to a live stream broadcast. First one I've done since I've had the new cameras up and running, but uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, bear with me. I've got all sorts of toys to play with tonight. Um, and I'm going to be discussing tonight one topic that uh, I saw actually mentioned on Facebook today uh, from a gentleman. His name was Timothy. Let me just get the name. Timothy Smith. Um, was the, the man that was actually inspiring the topic of tonight's night. So we're going to be chatting a bit about what Timothy Smith was talking about. But first of all, how is this? Look at this, ladies and gents. Uh, imagine this is the future. We're going to have a guest sitting here. Uh, it could be someone like Danny Tesh. I'm working hard. I, I want so desperately to have Danny Tesh there. But <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be possible. I'm going to try my best. But how good is this? we got this camera. we got this camera. Um, I'm going to have a third camera as well, but I haven't got that yet set up and running smoothly. Um, so there's going to be some good things coming. So before we get into tonight's subject, I just wanted to say hello to everyone. Um, given that it's, it's live, uh, I can talk to you guys, which is cool. Um, the audio isn't shit, says Tristan's story. Fantastic. I am so pumped for that. Thank you very much for that feedback, Tristan. Um, why don't I hang up some shirts as well? Yeah, I could hang up. Behind me here definitely needs to be something going on. Picture of picture of the great John Brzezink or something, I don't know. But anyway, um, talk about the trash between PALDB. Oh, I love this. This is so cool for, for just watching uh, you guys chatting away and um, me being able to do some talking and all that sort of stuff. It's really cool. And like I said, the next chapter, the immediate next chapter is I'm going to have a guest sitting right here. Um, and we're going to be able to just cover all sorts of crazy stuff. I really really want to get Danny Tesh. I know you guys have heard so much about Danny Tesh. It's time we got him on the show, um, but it has been absolute crickets. There it is. I'm going to use these buttons. It's been absolute crickets with uh, that man. He's very elusive, very hard to find, but I'm going to do my best to get him here on the show at some point in time. We can have a chat with him. Um, thank you for letting me, everyone who's letting me know in the comments section right now that the audio is great. I'm really Happy with that. Are you guys hearing the sound effects too? So if I like play this music, are you guys hearing that? I'm hoping you're hearing all of that. This is where we're going to have guests in. I can make a phone call and, uh, and speak live with someone on the phone and you're going to hear everything that comes through the phone as well. So um, studio is coming along nicely. Great. as it Sweden Arm Wrestling TV. Thank you, brother. Yes, it is. And on that note, guys, um, I wanted to say a big thank you to all of you um, because the upgrades in a studio like this aren't possible um, without you guys. The subscribers, you really believe it or not, I don't know if you, if you know it, if you believe it, but I am so aware of the fact that none of this is possible without you guys. 33,500 subscribers or whatever it's at now. Um, I can't genuinely thank you enough. Uh, you guys have made this my career. So um, if whether you're a, a new subscriber, thank you to the crazy subscribers that have been watching since the beginning, which if you're in the first thousand subscribers, you've seen some crazy stuff, which speaking of which, there is some really gold videos. If you go back, you might've seen the uh, Ryan Blue Velma versus yoga. If you haven't dig up a Ryan Blue Velma versus Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that's equally as entertaining, but there's some pretty crazy uh, videos <laughs> floating around in there that were really, really crazy um, from back in the day. So uh, but anyway, I had a lot of fun establishing this channel in the early days and um, I didn't really know where the content was going. But anyway, it's nice to be sitting here in a studio that is a lot better than it's than anything I've ever had before. Like I said, I can't wait to get guests in. I'm going to push for Danny Tesh. 
no doubt we're going to have Jordan and Lachlan and anyone else who uh, get the, the president of the Australian Arm Wrestling Federation, Mr. Phil Rasmussen. You can definitely get him in. Um, but anyway, enough of talking about the studio and kind of what's going on for me. Um, I will at one point in time look down and read your questions, guys, if you do come up with any questions um, throughout tonight's topic and tonight's show, please feel free to write them in and I will definitely address them. Um, so, guys, what I wanted to talk about is the the topic of building a club. Now, as I was saying, there was a gentleman I was just reading through Facebook as I do today, Timothy Smith. Uh, Timothy Smith uh, made a post today where he basically said he wishes he lived in a more arm wrestling active area. And a lot of people were saying to him, dude, build a club, build a club, um, build a club. I was one of those people. I encouraged him to build a club. And he responded telling me that he had, he had tried to build a club um, and he didn't have any success with it. He had tried to like, host local tournaments and people wouldn't pay $10 as an entry fee. And all of his energy and efforts just went to waste kind of thing. And he was kind of throwing his arms up in the air saying, I don't want to do it. It's too hard. It doesn't work. I don't know how to do it. And I wanted to share not only with Timothy, but with you guys, um, the, the process that, that the Brisbane Club went through. Now, I'm not claiming to be the reason the Brisbane Club grew so successfully, but I was there as one of the first members ever. Of it. I was, uh, when I found arm wrestling in 2013, there were only uh, myself and two other people interested in the sport in Brisbane. And between the three of us, we really got this movement going in Brisbane and we've now got a club that sits here with 50 to 60 regular active members. And it's now in a perpetual state of recruiting. We don't have to try to recruit. We just simply get people inquiring every week um, through our Facebook page and turning up the club. Often I'll turn up to the club and I'll look around and I'll think, hang on a second. I don't even recognize 50% of the people in this room. Um, and so it's this constant, <laughs> constant growth which is amazing and um i wanted to share with you guys and timothy in particular um some strategies that you can put in place if you're trying to start a club in your local area because the sport is positioned really nicely at the moment we're at a great time there's opportunities to grow locally given that we're not traveling with COVID 19 restrictions still in place for the foreseeable future um, we don't know when we're going to have the ability to do to do things outside of our local area so now is the time to really look into your local club and make it work. So the way that the Brisbane club came about, as I said, myself, a gentleman named Doug Fatafee, who you would have seen me training with him just uh, maybe a week ago, um, and a gentleman named Grant Tolentino, who is part of the Australia vs. USA team that went to Arizona last year with myself. Um, the three of us were, were it when I first started. We also had another Italian guy who popped in for a few months um that was a sort of a an amateur puller from italy um he found us as well i don't know how he <laughs> he found us but we stumbled across each other um and i owned a supplement store at the time a a retail supplement store in a shopping center precinct so uh think of like a mall with lots of shop indoor shopping center um and i used to put an arm wrestling table in the front section of this this uh, store and all the foot traffic walking past would see myself and Doug and Grant arm wrestling. And we were going hard at it. We were doing our two hours worth of training or whatever every Saturday. And we would get a lot of people walking past. We at our peak had crowds of 10, 20, maybe even 30 people 
in my store. They probably were stealing supplements at the time. I have no idea. I didn't have any security. Uh, but they were probably stealing supplements. But more importantly, they were watching the arm wrestling, enjoying the arm wrestling, having a bit of a laugh. And uh, the odd person would step up and have a go. And we would keep them safe. Um, as I know, safety is a big issue. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't start clubs. But that aside, if you can keep, keep everyone safe, um, doing it in a public space, when you just have you and one other guy, doing it in a public space, a really genuinely public space. The, the more foot traffic, the better. Um, because you're going to have people stopping and watching, you know, people wanting to have a go and you're going to get people most importantly asking questions. What on earth are you guys doing? Is this, is this really something? And when you tell these people, look, yeah, this is a professional sport. It's done globally um, to the, the elite level and people really take this seriously. You'll get a lot of reactions. But now with, with YouTube out there and so many more people are aware of the sport, um, that I think it'd be even easier to start a club now. So doing it in a public space was the first thing that we really did. Uh, I, I closed down my supplement store after some time and we moved our meeting place from in my store to in a public park that was a really popular park of a weekend amongst families and that and people would do their fitness and walk around this park. And we were, we positioned ourselves in a premier spot and um, we again drew crowds drew people, ongoing people interested in the sport. The second chapter of our growth, because that naturally led to people um, inquiring and stopping having a go, but it didn't really, we, we weren't really growing that fast yet. We were just getting the odd person interested. And as we all know, the attrition rate is pretty high. For, for probably every 10 people that tried it, maybe one stuck around for a couple of weeks. And then most of those people disappeared anyway. So we needed to come up with something better to get people to actually stick. Um, the next chapter for us was to create simply a Facebook page for our local club. We weren't trying to be a, a global brand. It was just the Brisbane Heavy Hitters Arm Wrestling Club. We have about 1,500 people following it now. Not that many, but it doesn't need to be that many. Um, so that, what that did for us is that when each of these people who came past and asked about it, or each of these people that came past and said, oh, my brother's pretty good at arm wrestling, he'd probably be interested. We had a resource to give them. It wasn't a business card, it was a Facebook page. We just said, yeah, look, it's up on Facebook, the Brisbane Heavy Hitters. And on that Facebook page, we were then able to point people to local tournaments when they came up. Um, we'd refer to the Australian Arm Wrestling Federation state tournaments that they were hosting. And um, it led to a lot of online inquiry. And because a lot of people at the end of the day weren't able to be there at the park on that exact time we were there. Um, or they were too shy to come up in the first place. So they, we started getting messages. Now, fast forward to today, um, myself, Doug, and now Tom Glacier, um, we are the admins for that page, and we get bombarded. Seriously, the amount of inquiry that comes through that page asking about how do I join the club, how do I get involved, is it free, does it cost this, that, the other. Lots of inquiry. Like I said, it, it's, it's, it's humming now. Um, so the Facebook page was the second chapter. Um, and then once we had enough of a critical mass, the story was we actually got kicked out of the park um, and we, we, we moved to our own premises. Stay in the public space until you outgrow the public space. We outgrew the public space because we had so many people there that the, the, um, the, the regulators of the parklands, the people who work for the government, approached us and said, hey, you're not allowed to do this. And we said, what do you mean you're not allowed to do this? And they said, you're not allowed to, what are you, what are you doing here? You, you need a busking license or something. And I said to them, well, look, we're not, no one's making any money. We're not taking any cash. Um, so 
we don't. What do you mean? We're not buskers. I don't. I don't understand. And, and they they couldn't actually give us a reason, but they did kick us out of the park. And they said, "Look, you can't do this here. Um, it's yeah. Even though it's not a financial <laughs> club, we can't permit you to continue." This. So at that point in time, we picked up the club and we found a premises, um, which for the the, the last six years, or last sorry, last four years was Danny Tesh's supplement store. Um, so we kind of did the full circle supplement store park back to a supplement store. Um, but now that we've moved on again, we now have another dedicated premises. But we're at now a stage where we're at like 50 to 60 members. And honestly, when once you are at 50 to 60 members, um, the next chapter needs to begin. And I'll admit, the Brisbane Club hasn't yet done this next chapter. I really believe this next chapter is an important chapter for the continual growth of not only your club, but um, nationally, you can influence the sport uh, quite significantly. Or maybe in the US, within your state, you can really influence the, the depth and quality of arm wrestler if you do this one thing. Now, the, the, the one thing that I'm referring to is giving the grassroots arm wrestlers a real structure to actually uh, be able to experience the thrill and the exhilaration of, of victory. Um, to another, without, without this structure, it's not so possible. And let me elaborate. Um, when you are a novice arm wrestler and you walk into uh, a club, typically you train and you don't get to compete in any way, shape, or form. Um, a tournament might come up um, and you have to travel interstate or at least a few hours drive. And if you're having to travel a few hours drive just to go and grip up with a pro or a semi-pro who just flattens you, you get very disheartened and you might walk away from the sport because you think, well, I'm not good enough. And at the end of the day, it's not very fun to drive three hours to go Owen to and feel like an idiot. So I've seen lots of people in the Brisbane club express that feeling. They're like, well, I don't want to travel down to Sydney 11 hours drive um, or two and a half hour flight or whatever to just go and lose. It's not the point. Um, and at the same time, if you don't give the people in your club an opportunity to actually compete, they will get bored of simply turning up every week just to train. So we need to give them a structure. Now, when I think about a structure for the Brisbane club and what I think would work for all clubs, I really take the example of almost every other sport that exists out there. And I reflect on my childhood memories of being in the local tennis club. So when I grew up in the local tennis club, I was young. I entered in at about division four. Um, and I was playing the Tuesday night comp and the Saturday morning comp. And, and I was in division four for both. And um, not only I, I paid my annual membership fee, um, they had a clubhouse which sold drinks and food and chocolate and all that sort of stuff. And most importantly, they had this big honor board up behind me where they had each year they would put down the division winners on the honor board and the club champion um, for the overall. And you, I could go back there today with you or take my children back there and show them the path that I walked from division four champion, division three, division two, division one club champion. And it's really cool to be able to do that years later, 20 years later, I could go back now and show and still see my name up on that, on that board. So I think that once you get to the critical mass of sort of that 50 people in the club, you really have an opportunity to do that. Now, the next thing you need to consider is that the pros in the club are not going to want to compete in a Saturday morning comp in a, in your arm wrestling club. They're, they're peaking, they're training, they're not taking it seriously. They're not going to have real genuine matches with each other for the sake of it like that. They're just not going to do it. It would be crazy. 
Um, so this isn't something for the upper echelon of your club. This is for the lower echelon of your club, but it's very important. What I would suggest is that a somebody, one of the senior guys, grades everyone into divisions, not based on weight, not based on age, but simply based on ability. So you might have a, a 50 kilo guy who's a bit of a badass uh, in the way he moves, and you might have a 90 kilo guy who's kind of a bit clumsy with the way he moves, but they might be a perfect match. Okay, they're in division four. Work out your division four, your division three, your division two, your division one. Have about eight people in each division, ideally, and have an eight-week round robin. So each week they turn up, you, you know who you're going to face within your division. You face this guy in a best of five round super match. And over eight weeks, you face every single person in your division and you get a point for every round you win. And throughout the season, throughout the term, you can see who's leading you get to the end of the eight weeks, the top four guys facing the semifinals, number one versus number four, number two versus number three. And you guys face off, you go to the final, have a super match. Division four crowns its winner. They get their name on the board and they feel good about themselves. They go up to division three next season. Um, and all the top two guys go up to division three. The guys who came last in division uh, three move down to division four and we go again. And we have a great time. What this has provided is a ladder for the local novice to enjoy the sport and actually feel the progression. Um, he's not jumping in too deep and getting his ass kicked by a pro um, and having to travel interstate to get that feeling of competition. Um, I really do think that that is something that will change the way clubs function. You do need, an, obviously, enough people to do it. I feel like the Brisbane Club is at that level, 50 or so people. Um, and then from there, I, I really think that the club should be a financial entity by then as well. Whether it's a not-for-profit run by a committee or whether it's a for-profit run and owned by an individual or, or a couple of people, um, either way, it's going to work. It would work. But I think that like one of the most common inquiries that we get now that we have a significant club, we get inquiries every week and almost every time the first question that someone asks is, how much does it cost to come along? And we still say, oh, look, it's nothing. Doesn't, don't worry. And people are like, what? What do you mean? It's, it's a club, isn't it? Like, shouldn't I be paying like 10 bucks or something per week to come along and do this? Um, so people are prepared to pay and they expect to pay. And they should be paying if you're providing them with that sort of framework. So, Timothy, answering your question, that kind of is the blueprint, brother, for, for what worked in the Brisbane Heavy Hitters Club. Like I said, I'm not trying to take credit for it. I'm just simply reflecting on what we did because we are in a great place now. We're one of the healthiest clubs in the country. Um, but that's the same in all the clubs in Australia. Honestly, all the clubs in Australia are flourishing really, really well. We have a club, one strong club in each state of Australia. And um, we're all very united behind the Australian Arm Wrestling Federation. And our clubs are all pumping. We're all, like the smallest club is like 30 people. Um, the biggest clubs probably down in Melbourne, they're probably pushing 60, 70 people um, that are part of that club. And it's only getting better. So it can be done. Go through that process, start in the public space, encourage people to come along, give them a resource like a Facebook page to provide them information, grow it in a public space until you can move into your own dedicated location. Once you're in the dedicated location with sufficient numbers, provide them that grassroots level of competition. And I think you're away. All right. 19 minutes of me talking there about that. Whoa. Lost you guys. I pressed camera three, which doesn't exist. My apologies. But um, 
that answers that one. Timothy, I uh, hope you got something out of that, Timothy, and anyone else who's thinking about building a club. Um, I see now, I'm looking down at the comments for the first time now, and there's a bunch of them. There is a bunch of comments, which is cool. So let me have a quick look through there. I appreciate all the comments, guys. Let me take my time to go through and pick out the juicy questions. Um, someone's asking, do I know my forearm size in centimeters? Just say massive. Right now, no idea. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's getting up there. It's getting bigger all the time. Um, I need more subscribers, says Gone Morale. Thank you, Gone Morale. Tell all your friends. Thank you. I agree. I need more. Simon Everton, how are you going to interview Danny? Gods don't speak to mortals. Yeah, Danny is like that. Danny is Danny's an amazing man. Um, Danny... Danny's brand has become so strong without him saying a word. It's amazing. I love it. I love the dude. He's a phenomenal athlete, genuine freak of nature. Uh, I think he's the best slow puller middleweight maybe on the planet. I don't know. I think a slow pull, oh, like he, he could slow pull with anyone. I'm sure of it. Um, Let's see what else we got there. Uh, from Theodore. Oh, I can't pronounce your last name. Theodore Medenovic. I definitely noticed lots of new people visiting my club as well, but they often don't stick with it and the majority say it's because of the initial phase of tendon pain. Any tips on pushing through that? Good question there, Theodore. Pain. Um, the reason I think people, newcomers, experience too much pain is because you're allowing them to try to pin too much. I, when, I, when I'm with a brand new novice, I, I straight away, I say to them, all right, show me how you would pin me if you, if, you, if you were going to. And they show me their pin route and I go, okay, well, let's fix that up. Let's iron out that break arm stuff you're doing and whatever. But I, I, in a novice, I say a novice should focus on cup, drag, and rotation. Cup, drag, and rotation. They shouldn't be doing anything trying to pin i say to my novices until i feel you're comfortable until i feel you're proficient in cup drag and rotation with just leaning of the body then i then once i've given you the green light then you can start pinning if a novice just spends time cup drag and rotation they really don't end up sore they will get through months and months and months and never have any pain at all so i encourage you to teach them to arm wrestle responsibly and you as the senior guy really you can take the lead. You can force them to arm wrestle responsibly. If you're holding them and they're trying to pin you, say, no, look, stop trying to pin me. I always say to a novice, as soon as you realize you can't pin someone, you should stop trying to pin them. And you should focus on getting them closer to your side of the table. Cup, drag, rotation. Cup, drag, rotation and lean. Cup, drag, rotation, lean. That's all you should be doing. Okay, you can always test to see if you can pin, but as soon as you realize you can't pin, stop trying to pin them. A couple of little things there that really help novices avoid being in pain. Uh, what else we got? Uh, when will I make a new video with video with Lachlan? Love the vids with him. Yeah, from Bleeder. Uh, Lachlan's the man. He's a beast. Um, Lachlan and I will be training again this week. So definitely. And without a doubt, there's going to be lots of content with Lachlan sitting right here. And um, that man's a wealth of knowledge on all things strength. He's a good dude. Uh, a couple of people saying there from um, Opus Steins. We have a monthly fee of about 15 US bucks. It gets us a new tables, chalk, other stuff. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, bah, 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 bah. 
Okay, from Clayton Agius. I'm one of those people who train arm wrestling by watching people like yourself, but I arm wrestle only in a tournament once where I won it by using King's move. My opponent was stronger, but I but he gassed first. There you go. King's move. I, I learn a lot as well. I do agree that watching other people arm wrestle, um, watching people who are proficient in arm wrestling makes a big difference. Keep doing that. Jordan Davis versus John Brzezink. What happens? Good question. Um, Jordan has met John before. You can actually find videos of Jordan and John if you if you go through my my videos um, from a year and a half ago, two years ago actually. Uh, Jordan stayed at John's place for a few days. Um, but what happens? As as happens with most of us, or essentially all of us, John's cupping and pronation is too strong, even for the hand control king, Jordan Davis. So Jordan has no side pressure without his hand. So John can very much just cancel out anything Jordan does. <laughs> uh, the Aussie Butler, are you living in Brisbane? Yes, sir, I am. Um, da -da 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 -da. The Aussie Arm Wrestler says, yes, I'm screaming for this arm wrestling needs a weekly competition. Former AFL basketball player, I'm overtraining and training and training. Yes, the Aussie arm wrestler is sick of training. He wants to compete. Glad you're on board, Mr. Jake Ward, Oz, aka Aussie arm wrestler. If you haven't subscribed to his channel yet, guys, do it. It's killer. The man can make you laugh. Trust me. Get on his Instagram as well, at Aussie arm wrestler. I'm with you, brother. All right. Um, what else we got here? Reading through the comments. Um, mm. Bindasaur Verma athlete. I, I know you've got a veteran athlete in here, Australia, and she needs a club. The Brisbane club is the one for her. We are just waiting for the green light to really open back up with our government's policies um, when it comes to gyms and things like that. COVID-19 still being a bit sketchy. 50 people packed into a small room holding hands with each other doesn't conform to the, to the government's um, requirements for gyms. So we're still kind of waiting out on that. Uh, right. A few people here saying you're not big enough to have a um, have divisions. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Just keep, keep it growing. You'll get there. Can I talk about the one arm specialization program from Pokangel? Pokangel or Pokangel? I'm not sure. But anyway, the um the one arm specialization thing, that the the, the thing, I know Devin's doing it. Um I've been doing it forever. Simply put, I've been I've been focused ninety five percent, maybe more, of my right arm since the beginning. And uh I came from a one arm sport prior, tennis, and um and I it's a natural it's been a natural continuation to just focus on the one arm. Um my left arm is great at tossing a ball up accurately. It's great at holding onto a peg. It's great at drinking a beer, but it's not that great at arm wrestling and I don't really care. Um, I feel good the way I am. I liked what Devin said about injuries. Um, when you specialize so much, I, I don't get injured. I have never been injured in arm wrestling. Um, I do feel my imbalance, but I only that only causes problems if I try to do other things but i'm a specialist i, I want to be an arm wrestler i'm happy to be an arm wrestler i'm happy not to be able to throw a baseball anymore uh, without pain it's okay i don't need to be able to throw a baseball i want to be a world champion arm wrestler right arm um so that's what i do and the specializing um the reason i specialize is because i know that my body only has so much energy to give there's only so much time in a day that i can spend in a gym 
And I know that if I spend half of that energy on my left, then I believe my progress on my right is going to be reduced. I want to maximize the progress on my right side. I'm going to pour all of my neurological energy into this bad boy right here. That's it in a nutshell. Uh, what else we got? Let's chat about the Reacher's unassuming size. Pipey, Tim Pipey. <laughs> How are you, brother? Yeah, the, the Reacher, guys. The, the Reacher is a different beast now. Trust me. The Reacher is not the 84-kilo Reacher that we've come to know. Um, he's now heavier than me. Guys, the Reacher is heavier than me. He walks around at, he's walking around at 93, 94 kilos is the word on the street. And I'm walking around at 91. Um, so the Reacher is heavier than me. And what has that done to his ability on the table? It's done a lot. He looks healthy. He just, he looks like he's kind of just grown up all of a sudden. He's gone from a, he doesn't look like a kid to all of a sudden he looks like a man and he looks healthy. He looks happy. His joints look good. His muscles look good. He's still lean. Uh, he just looks the way he should be. He didn't, doesn't look gaunt. And uh, what that does to him on the table is amazing. His static threat now has gone up. I genuinely think a match with Jordan and myself, ready go, goes either way. I have no idea who wins. I know he can beat me in, in certain positions. I know I can beat him in certain positions. We are a great match every day of the week. Very highly rate Jordan. I think he would be at home in the middleweight division in the WL. No dramas at all. If we see him pull Zlotty, he'll probably he'll probably pull he'll probably dehydrate down to whatever that class is below the 95s. It was 88 or 86, I don't know. But he would probably dehydrate to that. Um, but he is legit, real deal, middleweight. All right, what else we got going on here? I'm just gonna try to catch up because I feel like I'm getting behind on these questions. But um, am I gonna do podcasts again? Uh, yes, sir. I want to do the podcast again. This is why I've got this equipment. I want to be able to do a live podcast like this. Take the audio recording, bang, drop it on Spotify, that sort of stuff. All right. Just having a quick look through. Arm wrestling in New Zealand. What do you think of some of the pullers that are out of there? Yeah, I love the New Zealand. The Kiwi arm wrestlers are killers. They're, they're progressing uh, much like... Australia, same attitude, same community feel, very positive arm wrestlers over there. I've seen them continuously improve at about the same rate Australia does. I would say New Zealand is a small country. Uh, the number of pools they have over there is probably around 40. So it's like, it's like another club. It's a, equivalent to the Brisbane club would be all of New Zealand. Um, but they're best over there, really worthwhile guys. They've got a couple of guys over there that are genuinely chasing the international elite level. And their commitment, I have no doubt they'll get there. Big Matawarangi Hedda Morris leads the charge. Never lost a match over there in New Zealand. Uh, big boy. He's like Maui uh, from Moana. Big boy. Why do I skip questions? Oh, I've been in trouble. own has said to me, why do I skip questions? own, I'm only skipping them because I didn't mean to, brother. There's a lot of comments here and I'm just scrolling. Uh, hang on. What is own? What did you ask? Contain, then rotate, or let the other hold on? Um, well, you're asking about the novice pulling strategy again. Armrest like Devon. When you train a novice who's weaker than you, armrest like Devon. Be a rubber band. Give away the fundamental. Don't stonewall. Give away the fundamental of side pressure first. Give away the fundamental of, of back pressure. And then stop them in a rubber band field. Don't be rigid. Don't be wooden when you're armresting a novice. Armrest like you're a rubber band and use predominantly 
cup and pronation in a rubber band sense. If you feel like a wooden block to them, the novice will hate arm wrestling with you and they'll leave the club. Be a rubber band. <laughs> uh, hopefully I answered your question there, brother. Um, all right, what else we got? Do arm wrestlers train legs at all? Uh, most of us don't. Most of us don't. Any thoughts on the top eight? Oh, there's so many good questions here. Anmol is a great puller. Yeah, that's a pen, says Anmol. If you guys didn't know whether that's a pen, outro came from. That's Anmol when I had a super match with him. Uh, he, he called a, he, he, I stopped him in a hook about this far above the pin line and he kind of got excited and called, that's a pen. <laughs> I did ask permission from Anmol to use that audio grab as my outro and he was cool with it. But I didn't, he probably didn't realize how, how famous that at that's a pin was going to become. I feel like I need a t-shirt that says that's a pin. Um, John Brezent contains then pronates while Travis makes the other one. Hold on. Which do you think gives the best opportunities in a match? Oh, oh we're getting deep now. Chacon in all the different obviously theories. Um, yeah, it's a good question, but I would have to say control is always the best option. Um, it's not, easy to force your opponent to hold on i believe control gives you a much bigger variation but that's the thing we all need to decide are we going to be an arm wrestler that has control and counter attacking or are we going to be an arm wrestler that says here's my ace see if you can deal with it i personally enjoy more of the control um, but that's not to say you can't be an absolute badass with one weapon like travis um one of the beautiful things about the sport. Lots of ways to do it. Hey, Ryan, love the content. Curious, where do you buy arm wrestling tables from in Australia? I need to get one for my own gym. Good question, Chen Oz number one. Um, there isn't anyone commercially providing them at the moment. My dad did a number of years ago. Tom Glacier in the Brisbane Club has, he does make them, but he doesn't make any money making them. That's the problem. Everyone's doing it on a volunteer sense. They only take enough money to cover their costs. So at the moment, it's honestly the best bet you can either message Tom Glacier to Tom. If you're watching, I apologize for the bombardment you might get from this. You could message Tom and he might be able to build you one. <laughs> Best bet though is to right now is to find a friend of yours who is able to build you one and give them the specs and have them build you one. Buy the materials. Until we have a commercial provider again, it's going to be tricky. But um, the sport needs to grow a little bit more before then. All right. Oh, there's just too many good questions coming in and I'm, I can't keep up with them. And I've been on here for 35 minutes and I need a drink. My mouth's getting dry guys. Um, but anyway, so I am going to wrap it up here. I'm going to do a couple of things. Look at this. Go back to uh, camera number one. There we are. Play some music. Look at this. Music. What else we got? Oh, when I tell a good joke. Um, when I don't tell a good joke, when someone mysterious like Danny Tesh turns up, ah, when we have someone lovely like, I don't know, Marlon Kleinsmith on the show, and then when it's just me left at the end of the night, there's that joke again. And finally, the applause. I don't know. I think I went around a couple of times there. But anyway, ladies and gents, thank you so much for being on this, the first live stream with the new heck i hope the sound and the picture quality is good for you um i've really enjoyed it is going to be heaps more to come 
Um, if I could ask you one thing, I've got 50 people watching right now. Uh, all 50 of you. Okay. I'm going to hit you up for a favor. I, I, I don't often ask this, but I really, really, really want this channel to grow. I really want this channel to, to be bigger so I can do more things for the sport. I love this sport and I really want to be able to help facilitate it. I want to help grow the Brisbane club. I want to help grow the sport. I want to bring more people to the sport. I want to put on more cool, entertaining matches. Um, I'm very blessed uh, that this is my career. Um, and I'm, I'm making enough money that I don't need to make more money. I'm happy. I love it. But what I do want to do is bring you guys better content. So if you guys, the 50 people, oh, which has dropped down, down to 44, there's six people are like, dude, I ain't helping you out. No way. <laughs> you can't ask me for a favor, but it's all good. So the 44 that remain, um, hit share for me on this video and tell somebody, tell somebody that doesn't already subscribe. Oh, yeah, subscribe. It's good stuff. But um, yeah, guys, I do appreciate it as always. And I will leave it here. Um, looking forward to bringing you guys some really good content. Like I said, I'm going to get some guests in. Not only that, but we're going to do phone guests as well. I can ring anyone and you guys will hear the audio uh, of me calling them. So lots of things to do that are going to be fun in the future. And uh, I'm going to do it right here on the Pam Fan Arm Wrestling channel. All right, guys, I don't really have an outro to play you. So I'm just going to say goodbye as I end this one. And uh, if you're looking for something to do, just Google Chris Gobby and you'll see me singing about him. It's always a good way to end the night. All right, guys. See ya.